Podcast One production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. This is The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall, another episode for you to help you hack your life as quick as possible to be healthier and fitter than ever. Adam, as we love to at the start of every episode, before we get into what we're going to talk to you about, which is flus, we'll list the top hacks in a minute, we want to touch base with our tribe. And I know you've got a good story to share today, mate. What's that? I love the fact we're helping lots of people and obviously word spreading pretty quickly, Alex, and uh, went to the farmer's markets on the weekend to support the local growers and the farmers in the community. And uh, as I was walking along with my two little kids and my wife, this uh, big, strong gentleman come hustling up to me, um, bent over, handed me a big bunch of flowers. And uh, my wife was quite rattled, actually. And um, he goes, I just want to give you these flowers to say thank you. <laughs> and uh, his name was Ivan and um, it's from Bloom's Nursery. And he said he's just so excited. He loves it. He's listening to the podcast and he's applying all the hacks and he's lost over, I think it's about 13 to 15 kilos. And um, he's feeling great. He's feeling healthy. And the fact that he's a florist and we gave uh, a big thumbs up to Putting flowers in your house, if you remember the happiness podcast. Yep. Yeah. So we now know that having flowers in your house can increase your level of happiness by up to 28%. You get the added bonus of your partner or your loved one uh, being very, very happy with you because you've done something very nice for them while also doing something nice for yourself. So it was very good, mate. I was very happy. And um, my wife was a little bit worried there for five minutes that I um, may have been having an affair. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel getting flowers? Did you feel good? Did it make you feel happy? It made me feel really happy. And, and to be honest with you, it just made us feel happy that me, yourself, and the whole team are doing some great stuff to help people and seeing the results and, and you know, in person having people come up and just saying how much healthier and happy they are. Makes us feel good about what we do, mate. And and people like Ivan are, are the champions and they're the health hackers and they're telling other people and they're helping other people. And that act of gratitude from him um, certainly would have made him feel better because we know that when you give, you receive much more. So, um, yeah, good on him and uh, really appreciate it. Let's give him a shout out, shall we? It's what we're here to do to help everyone in any way we can. The Bloom Barn Farm at The Bloom Barn is their handle. They're in Pete's Ridge Road, Pete's Ridge. If you're in New South Wales, you should go and see him. How about that? If you're not, hit him up online. And Ivan, thank you very much for making Adam feel better and also questioning his marriage in front of his wife. (laughs) They're the best flowers we've had for a long time. I can't tell you how much we love these stories. We actually talk about this stuff outside of the show. So please hit us up, get involved, podcast1.com.au. We want to help you with your health and fitness in a different way. We do want to be prevented preventative because if you get sick, that's what's going to slow you down. And flu season rolls around every single year. So Adam is going to give you the top six hacks on how to prevent getting sick. Number one is get your flu jab. Number two on the hacks today will be keeping your distance. Number three is hydration. Number four is sleep is strength. Number five, eat up. And number six, boost your metabolism. So Adam's going to go through those in detail now with number one, get your flu jab. Now, this one, I suppose, is pretty obvious. It's the flu jab. Some companies offer them or you hear your doctor or your local GP talk about them. But I don't really know how they work. I always hear rumors that, oh, don't get the flu jab because you'll get sick. And then people say, get it because you get a little bit of the sickness, but it makes you better. So once again, on the show, you clarify this stuff. And this guy right here in the studio with you wants clarification as well, Adam. The reason we put the uh, get your flu jab is because I get so many people coming up to me all the time. Does it work or doesn't it work? And Mm. look, the reality is it's not a hundred percent guarantee that you're not going to get the flu because at the end of the day, they only give you a vaccination against certain types of strains. And ironically, last year they got the strain wrong. So the doctors out there, these smart doctors, yeah, they put together different strains of the virus that they predict are going to be the most, uh, 
impactful on, on the community and, and they think these are the flu strains that will impact us. And uh, last year, unfortunately, they got the virus strains wrong. Right. And that's why there was such a huge outbreak last year in the flu, despite the fact that a lot of people actually got the flu injection. So it only protects you against the strains that you're vaccinated against. And unfortunately, um, <laughs> they can't put every single flu uh, strain into the into the flu shot, but they're pretty good. So I understand a lot of people are anti-vaccine and, you know, they've got their fears and that's their personal choice. You know, when you get the flu vaccination, essentially your body releases antibodies that can protect you from the most common types of flu viruses that I spoke about that are put into the vaccination. So it does take two weeks for it to kick in. So don't leave it too, too long because once it gets hold of you, the flu, it's too late. You're not going to be vaccinated against it. And, and you know, the, the best thing about um, the flu vaccination is it's only a couple of bucks. It's not a painful um, injection and it will protect you against the viruses that are in the vaccination. So, um, and even if you do get a slight um, case of that flu, it'll be much less severe as well. So it's, it's a smart way of starting off the flu season by not getting the flu in the first place. And, you know, hopefully fight off most of the viruses if they get the strains right. And that's the big question this season. Have they got the right strains in the flu vaccination? But we'll, find, we'll find out in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Hack number one, get your flu jab. Obviously, it can't stop all of it, but it's great preventative to try and stop most of them if they get the combination and the strains right. Hack number two, keeping your distance. Yeah, well, the flu is a virus that's contracted through your eyes, your nose, your mouth. And that, that's when you're at risk of getting sick, when you're actually taking these droplets um, of the virus that are obviously, you know, contracted through other people being sick. Um, and particularly when you touch your face or you touch a surface and then touch your face as a result um, of... Um, you know, habit, you know, we touch our face up to 50 times an hour, um, <laughs> which is incredible when you look at these sort of Gee. statistics. So also the most important thing is to realize is controlling um, your environment when we saw, talk about keeping your distance. It's things like mobile phones, for example. If I asked you, Alex, what was the most unhygienic thing that women carry around, what would you say? Um, uh, well, is it the phone or is it like um, their wallet? Well, yeah, basically all the above. It's the handbag. Of course, because women grab their handbags and they take it everywhere with them. So you put on the floor at the shopping, put on the floor in the bath, public bathrooms, the train station, and then you bring that home with you and then you put it down probably on your kitchen counter. Yeah, exactly. There's 400 times more bacteria on a woman's handbag than there is a toilet seat. <laughs> so Whoa. it's like, this is why doctors never, ever, ever eat at their desks. Because the desk also has up to 500 times more bacteria than a toilet seat. Because you've got Whoa. the accumulation of all the dirty things around you, such as pens, your wallet, your mobile phone. Um, so you've got all these unhygienic things around you. And as I said, we touch our face up to 50 times every hour. So you can't help but touch these phones. How many people are eating when they're on their mobile phone or, or whatnot? And that's why doctors always wash their hands. And that's what you've got to do before you eat. This is the key about keeping your distance. Make sure around the flu season where there's people coughing and splattering because it only takes four hours for somebody in the workplace to infect everything in their vicinity. So the coffee pots, the, the jug, the copying machine, the fridge door, the toilet door, any door handles. After four hours of someone coming to work sick, and I hate people that come to work sick, all of a sudden, they've contaminated the whole environment. So yeah. all of a sudden, you touch that, the virus is then on your hands, and what do you do? Then you go and eat your sandwich, or you go and eat a handful of nuts, or grab an apple, or whatever, and you haven't washed your hands, and voila, you all of a sudden, the flu's entered your body, and... You know, the rest is history. So you've got to be very, very mindful of that when you, um, you know, are trying to avoid the flu. 
comes down to bad managers, isn't it? It's just saying, you know what, people, if you are sick, stay at home. You want that to come from the top down. So hopefully there are some execs listening to this show as well. Can you give me that crazy stat? I think you told me ages ago about what's happening in public restrooms where people aren't washing their hands for long enough. Yeah, well, you know, in, in public restrooms, they found that the soap dispensers, you're damned if you do or you're damned if you don't, that, that they tested all these soap dispensers in the uh, restrooms of public toilets and 25% of them actually were contaminated with fecal bacteria. And to make matters Ew. worse, then when you turn on the hand dryer, so don't use the hand dryer, 38% of people that use the hand dryer increase the fecal matter on their hands. So what happens is the air, the hot air sucks in the, the, the fecal matter bacteria, and then it gets blown on your hands. So whenever there is, honestly, a paper towel in a restroom, I'm high-fiving myself. And if I can't find the paper towel, I go and use the toilet roll. I'm one of them guys that make sure that I get a handful of uh, poop paper or paper towel, and I use that to exit the toilet. I do that too. I do that too. I always walk out with the paper towel. I wash my hands with it, and then I keep it in my hand, and I open the door, because it's usually two doors to a a bathroom complex, so I open the two doors with the paper towel, and then I walk around (laughs) in my office trying to find a bin, and I'm like, oh, sorry, I'll put that in your bin, mate. Uh, Well, I'm the same, and to answer your question as well, yeah, it takes about 20 seconds, they say, to lather your hands up and wash them properly to get rid of all the bacteria, so it's a 20 second rule that doctors use. So there's a few little hacks there. And um, I'm not a big fan of, of um, a lot of these uh, different types of hand sanitizers and stuff like that and wipes. But in this instance, when you're leaving the toilet or there's people around work that are sick, this is probably one exception to the rule where you probably are better off using a hand sanitizer or some sort of hand wipe. And the reason you said that as well, because we've spoken before in past episodes about germs helping you build your immunity, but this is about preventing getting sick and spreading um, the cold and flu and, of course, just generally being hygienic. So, yes, do use your hand sanitizer and soap in this situation. I love that we both did the paper towel trick, Adam. (laughs) I also once was at a pub, and it was the best thing I've ever seen, and I've never seen it ever again, and I don't know why every pub doesn't do this. It has, instead of handles, on the very lower part of the door, it had a little crisscross platform that would grip to your shoe and you would pull the door open with your foot so you never actually had to touch the door handles that go in and out. How good's that? <laughs> That's a genius invention. And, you know, you, prevention's the best medicine. I know we always say that. And that's why we're, we're advocating the first two hacks is the flu shot and, you know, keeping your distance. You know, you might think you're, you know, the $6 million man. I did last year. I hadn't had the flu for like four or five years since I've really been investing in a lot of these health hacks to protect myself. And now I've got two little kids, a, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and they go to daycare. And it's true what they say. They come back with every single snotty nose possible. They're always coughing and splattering. And, you know, last year I was trying to convince my, my eldest daughter, the two-year-old, to actually have some yoga. Um, for breakfast in a smoothie and she didn't want the yogurt so I shoved it in her mouth and you know she snotted it all out and then I put the spoon back in and tried to keep feeding her and anyway I made this beautiful breakfast bowl for her and she refused to eat it so I come home that afternoon I said to my wife I'm starving I need something to eat went to the fridge picked up this beautiful smoothie bowl that my daughter rejected for breakfast and I started just smashing it down my wife looked at me and said what are you doing and I said I'm having that Harlow's breakfast and she went you know that she's sick don't you and you know that she spat most of that back in I was like oh I'll be right Little did I realize at the time that it was the perfect environment to cultivate the flu virus and the bugs putting it back in the fridge. So sure enough, I got sick. So I had a snotty nose myself for a few weeks there. And that's what happens. You know, you just got to be really, really preventative with uh, what you put in your mouth and how you touch your face and and where your hands have been before you eat. So is, is that hack number two and a half? Don't have children? 
<laughs> don't have children and then don't eat their food when they don't eat it. <laughs> joking, joking. Okay, hack number two was prevent it by keeping your distance and don't touch things. Also, if you're worried about using too much paper towel for the environment, there's a YouTube clip in a TED talk about how to only ever use one paper towel and it saves millions of trees. It's very cool. I suggest you go and check it out. Hack number three is hydration. Let's talk about that, Adam. Yeah, look, people obviously underestimate the importance of hydration and it's proven by the statistic that over 70% of the general population are currently, as we're doing this podcast, actually dehydrated. Um, hydration is something that, you know, we all uh, take for granted. And, it, and I always say to people that, you know, that the most valuable resource in the world is water. Most of our bodies are made up of water. Um, it's really the thing that fuels our energy levels, our concentration levels, our brain power, um, how much fat that we burn. Our general level of wellness is dictated by how much fluid is in our system because it flushes away all the toxins and it is the fuel that our body uses to um, function. So it's very important that we make sure we're drinking plenty of water and particularly as it becomes colder because this is where the flu virus absolutely flourishes is in the cold weather. Um, and what happens is, is that we're essentially removing moisture from our bodies in the cold weather as well. And this is what the flu virus loves. It loves a non-moist environment. Um, and particularly in the nasal region where basically the mucous membranes are meant to be moist and they're basically it's our natural drainage system. So it allows us to carry away all the toxins, the viruses and the bacteria before they take hold. And what happens is when you become dehydrated, these mucous membranes become very dry and the viruses stick on them, particularly in the nose and the throat. So one hack is obviously hydrate with a saline solution. You can actually make one yourself or you can go get a spray from the chemist and you put a couple of sprays up your nose a couple of times a day and this will keep your no nose nice and moist. And just the general principle of drinking plenty of water to flush the toxins out of your body as well. Because once again, if these toxins build up and you haven't flushed them away, well, before you know it, you know, the flu is going to get hold of you. So it's a simple one that you can do. Um, another little cool trick is too is making sure the humidity in your house is absolutely perfect. And an easy way to do this is by buying a humidifier. Um, this will also keep the, the nasal area very moist. Um, and studies have shown that homes with the right amount of humidity have a 50% less chance of the people in them of getting the flu. So, you know, just a little humidifier, which you can get from a number of places. They're really cheap. And Alex, it'll keep the environment anti-flu friendly. So Adam, is that why in winter when it gets colder and your skin feels dry and everything feels dry, you are more likely to get sicker because you've got less moisture? Because in summer, there's moisture in the air, humidity is up and you feel like you're more hydrated because you're drinking lots of fluids. Is that a reason why people get sick in winter? Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, the lots of fluids dries out the mucous membranes. It dries out um, you know, the nostrils where the virus takes hold. So it's really, really important to keep these areas nice and moist, as well as it increases our body's metabolism, the cold weather. So all of a sudden there's more demand um, on us to have more water and more levels of hydration. So this is why in winter, even though it's not as hot and you think that you actually don't require as much fluid, the fluid becomes even more important because our metabolisms have kicked up a gear. This is the Health Hack with Adam McDougall. We're going to do hacks four, five and six into hacking your flu right after this. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Adam, we've learned some pretty good hacks so far. We're going to do the last three. And this one I quite like because... 
I, as a teenager, could sleep for Australia. So tell me about why sleep is strength. Because as an adult, I don't get as much of it anymore. I've got a girlfriend, I've got a job, money to save, a house to buy. I'm stressed out. How am I going to get any naps in? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> well, mate, sleep is the most important thing you can do for your health, I believe, over everything else. It's the most important thing. People talk about exercise. They talk about what they eat. All these things have a direct impact on the most important thing, which is our sleep. Because our sleep is when our brains actually get to detoxify. They get to regenerate when our body regenerates generates. This is the most important thing for our bodies. That's why babies sleep so much. So, you know, recent studies just found that participants who sleep less than five hours had a five times greater chance of getting sick. Mm. So it just shows, you know, that if you're not getting enough sleep, no matter how well you're eating, how much exercise you're doing, the reality is you're undoing all that great work. So making sure that we create, we've spoken about sleep in past podcasts. If you haven't heard the episodes, go back. There's some great hacks there on how to get a great night's sleep. But you need to get your sleep. And, you know, there's lots of things that um, you can do to make sure you get the sleep. But it's very, very important, particularly if you're coming into the winter season and you are not getting enough sleep because your immune system will definitely be impacted by this. That's really interesting because let's say on average you've said before, look, you know, seven and a half to eight and a half or so hours of sleep is optimum for people. However, if you're only getting two and a half hours left sleep, five times more likely to get the flu. So it really does show that you just got to get that little bit extra sleep if you can. Yeah, well, our body needs that sleep for the, for the natural killer cells that attack viruses to be produced. So that's the really important thing. And, you know, it's the most reliable source against infection. So, you know, you don't need to get eight hours sleep. This is the biggest misconception as well. And we're starting to learn more and more about sleep. But if you have a look at our ancestors, our ancestors actually went to bed and they slept for a couple of hours, then got up and checked their perimeter to see there was no threat, then went back to bed and slept again. So this is the thing. If people are out there, you know, lying in bed, whatever you do, just get up. If you can't sleep, get up for a little bit and then go back to sleep and try one of the hacks that we've spoken about in past episodes. But this is why, you know, they say that getting a couple of hours of sleep before midnight is so important because the sleep quality they believe between the hours of 9 o'clock and 2 a.m. are worth two to one of sleep after that period of time. So you're getting double the benefit if you can get to bed nice and early, which is really, really important. And even if you wake up a little bit for you know, 10, 15 minutes, go and read a book or apply one of the other sleep hacks, then you go back to sleep. As long as you're getting that combined sleep cycle, roughly a sleep cycle is 90 minutes. We're aiming for about five a night. If you get that, you're in the money. Shift workers, what do they do? Shift workers, same thing. You know, it's making sure that you get the total number of sleep cycles in a week. So, you know, shift workers are going to come home. They're going to feel like they can't get to sleep or they're going to be able to sleep only for a few hours and jump up and feel like they need to, to stay awake. But don't quit. The key is, is to go back into your ritual, making sure the room's nice and dark, which is the most important thing, which we've spoken about before. And they're not stimulating themselves to bright lights or artificial lights through phones and computers, or they're not trying to eat too big a meal or waking up and eating something. They need to just lay there do some breathing exercises, um, you know, use some lavender or try some of the other hacks that were spoken about and try and get into some more sleep cycles. Like I said, it doesn't need to be an eight hour long straight stretch. You can break your sleep up, but as long as you're getting the total amount of cycles in the week, that is the key. Power naps during the day work as well? Power naps definitely work. And you know, it's like exercise. I call it snack exercising. We now know that you're actually better off getting exposed to whether it's a prolonged period of, of sleep and exercise or it's done in short bursts. And in actual fact, getting what we call this snack sleeping or slack, snack exercising has been proven to have more in some ways benefit than going on prolonged periods of, you know, all out extreme exercise or sleep. Because you think about it, if you exercise for 30 minutes, let's say you go for a walk, you know, you get that benefit. But if you break that walk up into free 10 minute lots, they've shown that you get more benefit from these little 10 minute workouts. Why? Because most of the benefit comes in the first part of exercise or exposure to something. Hack number four, sleep is strength. Break it up if you have to, or if you can get as much 
as you can, because the more sleep you have, the more rest you have, the more your body rejuvenates and will fight off viruses. Hack number five is eating up. So this, I assume, is about eating not just lots of good food, but the right foods to help your metabolism. Is that correct? That's correct. And the most important way not to get sick, apart from doing dumb things, like I said, eating your kid's food or touching (laughs) your face or standing in front of someone when they sneeze on you, is building up your immune system. You know, that's what protects us. And we now know that 80% of our immune system lives in our guts. So we need to build a healthy gut. And, you know, in past podcasts, we've done some great episodes about the gut and how to hack your healthy gut. And, you know, it's all about the food that you put in. I'm not dismissing, you know, probiotics and all these great, you know, supplements which can help with gut health, prebiotics and probiotics. But the real food is the way to go if you can get it. And real food, you know, things like your greens, for example. We want prebiotics to populate the good bacteria in our stomach. The, The probiotics are there. They're the good fellows, but we need to strengthen them and give them the fertilizers they need to grow and be strong. And that's where the prebiotics come in. So that your vegetables, your fruits, um, you know, particularly, you know, things like mushrooms, cauliflower, broccoli, um, garlic's also a great one as well. Um, um, berries, um, bananas. So these are the type of foods you want to be making sure you get into your diet to increase the good bacteria in your stomach. And then you want to be eating foods that are rich in probiotics, such as your Greek yogurts, your kefirs, your kimchi, uh, your natto, you know, these sort of exotic foods that we talk about from time mm. to time, Alex. Um, and take a probiotic for sure. You know, your kombuchas, these things are really, really good as well. So making sure that we're fertilizing our stomach, staying away from alcohol, making sure that we're exercising because you know exercise increases our good gut bacteria. Minimizing stress because we know the the damage that stress has on our gut bacteria, Uh, making sure we're getting enough sleep. So all these pillars of our health are really important to create that holistic benefit of having a good stomach. If you want to learn more about your gut health making you feel better, we've done a previous episode on it all about gut health where you learn about microbiome, prebiotics, and probiotics in great, great detail. It's a fantastic episode, one of our most popular. Adam, you mentioned supplements like probiotics to help your gut health, but what about just other supplements we could take to make ourselves healthier and stronger to fight off the flu? Yeah, look, there's plenty of supplements out there promoting themselves as immune system builders and whatnot. And, you know, one of the cheapest, most effective ones out there is just vitamin D. You know, you can obviously go out and get sunshine. You know, people that, you know, went out and got um, 20 minutes of sunshine a day were 50% more less likely to get the flu um, than people that didn't. So vitamin D is obviously very important. It comes from getting exposure to to sunlight. Um, But most of us live in climates, particularly in winter, where you're not getting that sunlight, particularly if you have an office job where you're nine to five, you come to work early, you're rugged up, you know, you don't get exposed yeah. to any amount of sunshine at all. You leave the office, it's dark. So if I can applaud anyone to do one thing during the winter period, and that's take a vitamin D supplement. They're as cheap as chips. In fact, the research around this is so strong, Alex. In 2010, they did a study where they gave kids vitamin D as a prevention strategy against the flu. And the kids that were taking just 1,200 IUs of vitamin D free per day, which is a very, very low dose, were shown to be 42% less likely to come down with the flu. Now, that's incredible. When you consider kids are around all these other snotty-nosed kids, so they're a high-risk population, and you consider the dose, which is very, very low, that dose would probably cost you 50 cents a day. That is bugger all, yet look at what the results are. It's incredible. It just shows how important vitamin D is and how deficient we are, particularly with our modern lifestyles. Like I said, we live in an artificial world these days where we don't get exposed enough to the natural environment, whether it's sunlight, fresh air. Um, so you know, most of us are going to be deficient in vitamin D um, if we're tested for it. And if you do get the flu, 
Don't throw your hands up. One of the best supplements you can take is zinc. Now, zinc lozenges in particular, research has shown, are very, very effective for mitigating some of the damage of the flu um, and increasing recovery time. Um, and it will also help with the sore throat as well. So that's the other thing that you can look at as well, Alex. If you've got little kids who don't like taking supplements, because I remember I as a kid could not take pill, you might have to mush them up into your smoothie bowl. But Adam, then you've got two problems. You're trying to give them vitamin D and a smoothie bowl, <laughs> and they don't want either of them. <laughs> so, Well, there's plenty of lollies out there now. And, you know, whilst, you know, I'm not a massive fan of like um, always finding a solution in a tablet. That's how our society's built these days. There are some great supplements out there. And, you know, it's funny that people, you know, are so afraid of medications as, as a general rule, but they're not afraid of supplements. So, you know, they're one and same thing really. But, um, you know, there's smart ways of getting these things into your, your kids. And we've spoken about in past episodes how to hack your kids. And um, we'll continue to give you some great tips around that. I think a lot of parents across all cultures they always made chicken soup. And the question I've always wanted to ask you was, is that just a placebo that makes you feel good because it's warm or does it actually have some health benefits? Yeah, look, research has shown that it does work. So, um, you know, these wives' tales and these, you know, things have been around for a reason because most of them do work. So the chicken soup does have a great effect. And, you know, one of the hacks that you can do is add some of these great foods we spoke about, some garlic, um, you know, to it, or you can add some onions and, and it'll definitely, you know, increase um, your, your chance of fighting off the flu. And, um, you know, it tastes good as well. And, um, you know, it, it's good for the waistline. Hack number five there was eat up. Make sure you have lots of prebiotics, probiotics. Check out the episode we've done on gut health, chicken soup, vitamin D and zinc. If you have already got the cold, that's going to help you get rid of it quicker. The final hack for this episode is boosting your metabolism. Now, Adam, this hack almost quite contradicts the whole episode because this is less about <laughs> preventing the cold. This is talking about taking some weird steps. Explain it. Yeah, well, look, people tune into this show because they like some weirdness and they like some uh, hacks. And We've had some strange hacks get... on this on yeah, this uh, series. Some strange hacks, and you know, you, you you know, there's a guy out there at the moment called Wim Hof, who's a, a very very famous social media or health uh, guru out there. That you know, people are looking at this guy, and this guy's you know basically you know conquering the world of coldness. He's uh, climbing um, Everest in his undies. He's um, submerging himself in the North Pole, um, you know, for prolonged periods of time, and you know, he's able to sustain huge amounts of cold exposure and he hasn't been sick for a very, very long period of time. He's very robust for his age and he's, uh, you know, certainly, you know, I believe an outlier, you know, I believe why he's able to do what he can do is because he's a genetic freak. However, um, there's been a lot more research as a result of him and, and some other people based around cold and, you know, the effects of cold, exposing our bodies to cold. Um, and one particular interesting study has shown that just by getting cold, um, it increases your metabolism particularly. And what happens is the faster metabolism correlates with an increased immune system, which is very, very interesting. So one hack is you don't have to go jump in the North Pole like him or hike uh, Mount Everest in your undies. You can just essentially do the hot and cold showers, which we spoke about in past episodes, to hack the perfect start to your day. And finish off your, the cycle of hot and colds with a cold blast of cold water for 30 seconds. Um, and if you do this, believe me, research has shown that this will help you build a better immune system and stop you from getting the flu. That hack is also mentioned in our very first episode, how to kickstart your day the right way. Hot and cold showers is something I still do, and I really don't mind them in summer, but in winter, I curse you. <laughs> Because every morning I have a shower and I'm, it's a hot shower and I go to step out. I think I've mentioned this before in this series and I go, oh, Adam. And then I go, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. I feel like a million bucks though, but I hate it when it's happening. 
Uh, and it's great. It pumps you up for the day and it gets your head on, doesn't it? It gets you into the game. So, you know, you're stealing yourself for something you know that you don't really want to do, but you do it and it makes you feel better about yourself. And life's all about the small wins. That's what getting motivation and momentum in your life's about. It's not doing these extreme things. It's about doing these little things that give you little wins and give you momentum. And just finishing off a shower, just with a little bit of a challenge, which is finishing on cold, can really kickstart your day, mate. And that's why I was saying this hack's a little <laughs> bit different. To avoid getting a cold, you've got to get yourself bloody freezing first. <laughs> so yes, mate, avoid a cold by getting cold. I know it sounds contradictory, but there's so much science behind this, Alex. It'll blow your mind away. So, Adam, getting cold to prevent a cold sounds crazy, but I sort of get it. What else can we do to build our metabolism? (laughs) Well, look, our metabolism is really powered by how much muscle we have. So, men and women have slightly different metabolic rates. Why? Because men have more muscle than women. Therefore, they have a higher metabolic rate. So, you know, it's very important to build muscle. Muscle is medicine. I always say that. So, anytime you get an opportunity to try to cultivate an environment where you can build muscle, it's so important. Now, Research has shown that the more muscle you have, the faster not only will you recover from a cold, but you'll also be less likely to get a cold. In fact, research has shown that the more muscle you have as a result of exercising, you'll reduce your chance of getting a cold by 50%. And you'll also cut the severity of the symptoms by 31%. So that's pretty important, you know, just... You know, once again, not only do you want to look good and feel good, but it'll stop you from getting the flu as well. So make sure you're hitting the gym this winter and make sure you're using your hand wipes on the machine. (laughs) But, you know, exercise improves the circulation of the immune cells in your blood, essentially. So, you know, it's really, really important. And that's why, you know, it's the job of these cells to neutralize all the viruses in your body. So the better that these cells are circulating throughout, the more efficient your immune system is going to be and the more you know, likely you are of being healthy this winter. So another little hack there talking about exercise, and we did a a podcast on how to build muscle fast, which will certainly steal you from the flu this year if you take them hacks on. The other one that we spoke about was draining our lymphatic system. So moving the fluids throughout our body and detoxifying our body naturally. And the best way to do this, NASA found, was by jumping up and down on a mini trampoline. So once again, you know, get more bang for your buck by when exercising this winter, use a mini trampoline to do your 30 second high intensity interval sprints, and you'll be draining the lymphatic system, which will be draining the fluid from your body that hack about the mini tramp comes up so often and it still blows my mind and (laughs) i think i've seen a trend over these episodes we've been doing the past year and i think we can all say it together now the person listening and you and me adam is muscle is medicine (laughs) certainly is mate there's so many benefits to it particularly as you get older um you know you don't have to look like a bouncer on the on the on the door of a nightclub but certainly very healthy to have some muscle The hacks today were get your flu jab, keep your distance by not touching things and washing your hands, flush the flu away, make sure you hydrate, 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 especially as the skin dries out in winter. Then also sleep is strength. The more you're sleeping, the better rested you are, the better your immune system. Eat up with the right foods and supplements and boost your metabolism by making your body cold actually helps you ironically and then building muscle because Adam, muscle is medicine. Sure is, mate. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall is recorded in the studios of Podcast One. Produced by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Nick Slater. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.